couple of weeks ago, 200,000 people descended onto the city centre for a weekend of gigs. Ed Sheeran, Alicia Keys, The Killers and Park Life Festival to name but a few. After a rocky few years, with habits and routines being thrown up in the air. So, what is happening in Manchester city centre? This is the Manchester Weekly from The Mill. Hello, I'm Daryl Morris. Yoshi Herman is the editor of The Mill, Manchester's quality newspaper delivered by email. Yoshi, another one of our Sunday specials and this week into the city centre. Yeah, absolutely. Such an interesting question coming out of the pandemic is what are city centres for in these times? How is the mix changing between retail and all the other things? And how can they be sort of inclusive for the different groups who live in the city? So we thought it would be good to have a a podcast episode specifically about that. Okay, we spoke to Vaughan Allen, who is the chief executive of the Business Improvement District, the body that oversees the city centre in Manchester. What he doesn't know about the the trends of the city centre, the direction that they're going, their history and what What's next, frankly, isn't worth knowing. Here's what happened when we got into that story with Vaughan Allen. Vaughan Allen, welcome to the Manchester Weekly. Thank you. Thank you for being with us, Vaughan. Really, really appreciate it. And I I guess the best place to start, Vaughan, is with a snapshot of life in the city centre post-pandemic. With all of the several years of upheaval, where has the dust settled? So we're in a fairly mixed picture at the moment. Um, Certainly... We've just come out of our sort of stats analysis of April and April has been by far the best month for retail, office return, footfall and so on since the pandemic. Obviously, we had those highs and lows during it. There were reopenings and closings and reopenings, which which made some everything pretty chaotic. Broadly speaking, where we are is um, weekends in terms of retail, in terms of hotels, in terms of footfall in the city centre is back where it was in 2019 or actually surpassing where it was in 2019. Mm. And that's a function of gigs, football games, particularly those that obviously are uh, happening right at the top of the league, uh, all sorts of events going on uh, and bringing events together that were cancelled in 2020, cancelled in 2021 and the events from 2022. Where we're still seeing some dips is definitely uh, during the week. Um, talking to some of our office clients and, and office stakeholders, that pattern that you're seeing in the national newspapers of, of three days a week working still seems to be the case within the city. So you're seeing about 70% occupancy of office blocks on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, about 30% on Monday and Friday. So it, so it's dipping. Um, so weekends back to where they were, weekdays not so much, but overall. When we look at sales, when we look at spend in the city, it's well ahead of where we are in 2019. And that has been massively driven by a huge increase in hospitality and food and drink in the city centre. That's really interesting. So even though lots of office workers are not back full time and therefore the sort of office footfall judged by your footfall cameras is lower the actual economy of the city centre is in a healthier place than it was in 2019. Can you talk us through that? Uh, I wouldn't like to say it was in a healthier place. I think certainly in terms of spend, it's higher, but you've got a lot of other issues. You've got inflation, you've got staffing problems, particularly in hospitality, which are driving up wage inflation. Um, You've got all the issues that you'll be aware of from the national newspaper. So when we're looking at raw spend, we're looking at the cash going through the tills. And so some of that 10, 15% up in terms of spend in F&B, a lot of that is going to be driven by inflation. And a lot of that is going to hide the increased costs as well. What we can say, particularly in F&B, is 
uh, bars and restaurants and entertainment venues are continuing to open. And in fact, they continue to open throughout the COVID period. At times when you were hearing horror stories on the national level, um, we only had a couple of venues close. And, and we judge that in terms of, of the number of licenses that are held or, or handed back. Right. And we had an awful lot of applications coming in. And that's still the case. When you look around the city, compared to some of the other stories that you hear from small towns and you hear from some of our peer yeah. cities, uh, even the West End, that there aren't that many empty properties around. Yeah. It was predicted by a lot of people during the pandemic that hospitality would be absolutely hammered in terms of business closures. There were predictions of 30 or 40% of Manchester's um, hospitality businesses closing. From what you're saying to us, the mass closures haven't happened and actually we've got really healthy growth at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were all expecting that. And frankly, if there hadn't been government, government support, that's almost certainly exactly what would have happened. Yeah. But what really saved us, I don't think we'd have come through it as a sector and as a city centre in the same way if the epidemic had hit 15 years before. Mm. And the difference really was numbers of residents. So while, while people were not quite trapped in their home, but could only go sort of walking distance, cycling distance out and bars and restaurants started to open. Mm. That saved that sector. So there was a big difference in terms of what happened to say the really big venues on Peter Street, which rely on a lot of people coming in from outside the city centre on a Friday night. They still weren't doing that well during COVID. But the more neighbourhood, the smaller bars in the northern quarter in Ancoats, in the village and so on. I'm not going to say that all of them were doing brilliantly, but they were doing much, much better than they ever expected or we ever expected. That's really interesting. And you sort of paint the picture there of the city centre Vaughan being a community in its own right rather than a destination. Yeah, well, I think it's a, it's a, a number of different communities. Um, some of those are now 20, 25 years old, the sort of the Castlefield community. Mm. Uh, some of those are much younger, the Ancoats community or, or the northern quarter community which is probably a decade, a decade and a half. I think what we've seen a huge change in, there's just raw numbers, a lot more people living in and around the city centre. And that's going to continue over the next 10 years. The amazing Victoria North development is going to bring in 20, 25,000 more. The planning was given for, for yet more towers down by Deansgate and St. George's Island. Um, that's going to bring in another set of thousands of people. But where we're seeing a change is people aren't so much coming for two or three years for a job and then moving out to Presswich or Didsbury or wherever it might be. We're starting to see slightly older people that may be couples, maybe looking at raising a family, staying in the city centre or being on the outskirts of the city centre. Now, of course, that creates its own issues. We need schools. We need mm. health services. We need all the things that for a living community can do. But, but I think that's been a big change. And I think if the pandemic, as I say, had hit 15 years before, a lot of those bars, a lot of those restaurants and family restaurants mm. wouldn't have been able to survive. And I, I've read endless pieces in the supplements of the Sunday papers, Vaughan, pointing towards this trend of people who are now sort of uh, flexible in their working or working from home, who've decided to move out of areas like London or perhaps just move south to north because of the quality of life and the cost of living, etc. Is that being overstated by those supplements, Vaughan, or are we seeing people coming to Manchester from places where it's much more expensive to live? I think we'd sort of already, always seen that, um, you know, probably the BBC and post the BBC, that people, there, were, there were fairly major moves up north. Um, and I think some people, when they got to a certain point in their careers, we, we, we've always seen a phenomenon of people going to uh, one of the universities here, moving away to London or, or overseas, and then coming back to Manchester sort of 15, 20 years later. And that's, that's always been something that Manchester has been very good at. And I'm sure there's only a couple of other cities in the country, Glasgow maybe, that would be exactly the same with that. What you are seeing 
is an awful lot more flexibility in the way that people treat work. And, and that's hitting in a couple of ways. One is that we're actually seeing a big uptake now in office space around the old central business district. So King Street, an area which sort of got hollowed out by spinning fields, but has the Georgian and the Victorian buildings. There is huge interest in the offices there. So those are becoming quite high end offices for director levels of companies uh, where you might have your call center somewhere else. And so people are coming back into the city so that they can walk around, go to the really nice restaurants, go to the really nice shops and be part of that city center but just for two or three days a week. And that's changed quite a bit. I think it's probably been overstated how many people have moved out of London to come up and, and live absolutely in Manchester. But I wouldn't be surprised if you know you're only going to be in London two, two days a week, three days a week, you're going to see a lot more of that, I think. I absolutely hate to do this, Vaughan, but you remember about a year ago we were arguing on Twitter. We had a bet, didn't we? We had a bet, we had a bet. I don't want to call in bets, but we were arguing about whether <laughs> office workers would come back. And I was convinced that homeworking had been so successful for so many people that there would be fewer sort of lower office footfall. And I believe your argument was, no, that won't be the case because I think Manchester is growing so fast that post-pandemic will kind of beat our 2019 baseline quite easily. Have I won the bet? Can we just get this straight? What I would probably say, and I don't want to be sneaky about this, is at that point, we were a year into the pandemic and I didn't know that we were going to have another year of pandemic. Fair, fair. Um, so I would say, give me another year and we'll see where we are. <laughs> okay, okay. But, um, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll have You didn't to actually commit. I committed to £100 to the charity of your choice. You didn't commit to the to the equivalent. Oh, that's right. Well, anyway. that's, a, that's a technicality again. <laughs> um, sorry, to answer that more seriously, yeah. I would be really, really surprised mm. looking at the number of planning applications coming through for offices in the city centre. Yeah. If there isn't, well, for, certainly there will be a lot more office space yeah. in 2024 than there was in 2019. Yeah. And I would think there would be an awful lot more office workers as well. They'll just be working in a very different way to the way that we expected before uh, the pandemic hit. Yeah, mm. that's interesting. You mentioned the rise of hospitality and how it's just been a lot more robust as an industry in Manchester than expected. What about retail? Because so many stories at the moment are about the high street, particularly in towns, but also in like suburbs, high street, some high streets really struggling for the past 15, 20 years. Tell us about retail in, in, in Manchester city centre at the moment. So what we've seen over the last couple of years, what the pandemic brought was a speeding up of processes that were already underway. Mm. So we were seeing retail, I mean, you can look at King Street again as an example. Mm. We were seeing retail generally starting to give way to hospitality. Mm. Um, and you were moving from, within our members, within the Business Improvement District, when we first um, set up the company in 2012, it was 90% retail, 10% hospitality. Mm. And on exactly the same area now, it's probably about 65, 35%. Right. So you were seeing that change anyway. Uh, you were seeing more people wanting to have full, sort of family entertainment as well as, re as, well as retail. But it hasn't been a direct swap over for bars. The growth, particularly in Manchester, but also in the other big cities mm. of what's called socially competitive entertainment. So mm. whether that's axe throwing, whether that's the cube at the Arndale, whether that's crazy golf, that sort of market, almost an American market where you go into a mall like um, the Arndale and uh, you've got a roller coaster going out at the top of it and you spend all day there. And yes, there's lots of retail, but there are, there's lots of experiences. Mm. That's something that's been massively sped up. And, and again, that's a market that we weren't really expecting to grow as anywhere near as fast as it has 
in terms of pure retail, the models that we were already seeing in, in the city centre, you go in to see the range of product and you order it to be delivered at home. Mm. We were already ahead of the curve there. So you weren't relying on just people walking out with product. To be fair, the number of shops that have closed down, whether those are the top shops or the Debenhams or whatever, mm. or the Edinburgh Woolen com- Companies, they're the ones that had had troubles for a number of years, had usually raised financing, usually quite high interest levels, had been bought and sold a number of times. So we haven't tended to see things just shut down out of nowhere that there hasn't been any warning about for for a number of years. Mm. Um, What we are seeing, and you'll have seen it in some of the financial reports, is post-pandemic, there is a desire to get back to the high street and certainly our numbers are seeing that and, and a lot of the shops from all all areas of the market are seeing that that next is reporting that you know the, the amount of people who are buying from next online as opposed to offline has definitely swung back towards offline how long that will last we'll have to wait and see that's really interesting and, and um, if you don't mind asking you know, one of the things that sort of always fascinated me about about Manchester is uh, you know London has always sort of stood out as its own uh, hub it's its own sort of like uh, economic bubble bubble, isn't it? And and there's been a bit of a, um, or, or there's been a sense perhaps that Manchester was on its way to doing something similar. How does Manchester's fortunes compare, Vaughan, to other major cities around the United Kingdom? So when you look at somewhere like the West End, there is a particular problem for central London and the West End in terms of commuting, because commuting is such a bloody difficult thing to do in London. It's a long way in. You have to live a long way out. So getting people back into the office has been harder in the West End than it has anywhere else. And the second problem there is the reliance on international tourists. And then if there aren't any, mm. that becomes a, a, a big problem. So in a sense, because we didn't have... We, we always rely, We always had a number of international tourists, but we didn't rely quite so much because we had a hinterland of seven to nine million people that could come into the city and got used to the, used to the city. We didn't have the problems in the in the way that uh, the West End, particularly, is still having. Um, so we benefited from being, I guess, the largest regional city, and we are in terms of shopping, we are in terms of tourism, we are in terms of an awful, awful lot of things. Uh, and when we compare to our peer cities, we are well ahead of all of them except for Liverpool. And one of the reasons why Liverpool did, has, has been doing okay is because it didn't lock down for a long time where we locked down. So that second or third lockdown that led us up to Christmas 2020, was it? Um, they, they didn't have any of that. So they managed to maintain an awful lot of the spend that, that they otherwise would have lost. Mm. But apart from those, we're well ahead of all of our other peer cities. Mm. I think my final question, Vaughan, is a, a bit of a less of a businessy one. But in terms of sort of the role of the city centre it's obviously changing it's becoming more about hospitality and entertainment and hanging out with your mates and a bit less about work but do you think that also means more attention needs to be given to the public spaces to make them more welcoming to um, think more about you know making the city centre a place where people feel a connection to the city maybe have more things that don't involve um, spending money so that it can be more accessible to people who you know who are who don't have a lot of money on them do you, do you think a bit more thought needs to go into kind of the city centre as a place to hang out i think there is a fair amount of thought that's gone into it obviously the last couple of years have been sort of taken up with that big covid issue mm. um but where we were already underway with um mayfield with the with the first city center park we were all un, always underway with the victoria north development is deliberately built around uh, the Irk valley going out so that the Irk valley is rebeautified and cleaned and cleared and there's a green lung that, that is part of the sort of city center residential mm. 
Um, I think because part of the conversations over Piccadilly Gardens, you'll have seen pre-Christmas, you know, that was turned into a big event space. And effectively for the Women's Euros, it will be turned into that again and used in a way that I think it probably should always have been used, at least for the last decade or so, as that big event space in the city centre. Mm. Um, so I think... There's a lot of things there where we are looking at how the public realm fits with the buildings and balancing the needs of different audiences. Mm. One of the challenges of having more residents in the city is those residents aren't necessarily always in favour of the bars and so on that they should be the reason that they've moved in. So Mm. actually balancing those things, having outside events sometimes can actually be a problem for residents. So we have to do it fairly carefully. I would be really sorry to see, and one of the things that we've always been really strong on is that Manchester is a diverse community of peoples and of all ages Mm. of hundreds of ethnic groups and that's something that we should be incredibly proud of and our city centre should reflect that Uh, our city centre should not be a use a phrase but sort of white bread uh, experience in Aspic a sort of Disney experience that's Mm. not what it's about and that's that's not what it should ever be about so I think we have to be really really careful and I think having more residents around particularly where you're seeing some of the some of the work that people like Mayfield again or the carp or whoever are doing with already existing communities to integrate better with those so it doesn't feel like you're just plonking down very expensive flats on top of uh, communities that have existed for 120 years mm. i think there's real progress there in the way that's handled and i think that's got to be reflected throughout the city mm, that's really interesting and Vaughan, that thing you touch on there about residents the sort of residents versus uh, hospitality venues thing there was a clip doing the rounds of tony wilson uh, from i think the late 90s or the early 2000s from granada reports where, where he was reporting on a standoff between residents in castlefield and a new bar and arguing over sort of which one came first and <laughs> you know which one has yeah. the priority uh, so that's that's as old as time isn't it that debate Vaughan it's been such a joy to have you on the podcast and and really really fascinating insights from the city centre and how things are shaping up post pandemic really appreciate it Vaughan thank you so much thank you for having me Vaughan Allen, who is the chief executive of the Business Improvement District, speaking to us on the Manchester Weekly. Wow, what a fascinating insight into the rhythms and habits of our city. Um, Okay, that's it from us for this week. Don't forget, you will get a news briefing in your podcast feed on Thursday. All you need to do is like or subscribe to this podcast and you'll be notified as soon as there is some news about Greater Manchester that you need to hear in your podcast feed. That's every Thursday and we'll be back next Sunday with another deep dive into a story or to meet a fascinating person from across Greater Manchester. And don't forget, more news and deep dives and fascinating stories can be found via The Mill, straight to your email inbox. Just subscribe, manchestermill.co.uk. 